I remember the very first time that I shot a professional video. And I also remember how many takes it took just to get me through introducing myself. (laughs) Now, video is crucially important to our businesses, not just for the promotion of our services and offers online, but also increasingly as we develop on-demand and streaming platforms in our businesses. And so I'm thrilled today to be joined by an expert in the video production world and fitness especially, um, to share with us all of his insights and tips for how you can become a professional on camera. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here with me today. Um, And we are going to be diving in to the big topic of video. And I'm really thrilled to be joined by my guest, Mason, because he is an expert in the field of video, video production, and especially video production in the fitness industry. In fact, he's helped build top fitness companies and coach trainers to become amazing on-camera fitness stars. He actually was involved in the crafting of the P90X uh, fitness sensation. He was also um, chief production officer of Daily Burn um, and has uh, built streaming services. He's built streaming libraries. He's trained huge number of trainers to be on camera superstars. Um, And today he actually supports Uh, teachers and trainers and instructors to become masters in front of the camera so they can help to reach more people and make more money with less effort. And I know that the on-demand platform has been something that has been, you know, come to the forefront, especially in the last couple of years. And so I'm really excited to dive into this topic a little bit more with Mason. Welcome, Mason. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me here, Saren. Fantastic. So you have got, I mean, to be in to be in video production in the fitness world for 20 years means that you were doing this before anyone really was even thinking about um, <laughs> video and, and on-demand platforms and streaming and all of the things. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the journey and the evolution of your role and what you've been involved in, because that must have been kind of an interesting, uh, interesting journey to be a part of. I started off, um, I, I like, I tell this backstory now because it's, it has so much to do with the success of my career and all the trainers that I've helped is I started off, I went to the high school of performing arts in New York city and I was, a an actor and a dancer and I loved theater. But when I realized if I wanted to really be in the industry, I probably should, uh, move into film and video. And I opened a production company, um, I loved the idea of being a director and a producer. And one of my first big opportunities was P90X. And I was the, I was a member of the test group. So I very much understood what this product, what this process was. I I knew all the moves inside and out. 
Um, but I really was not excited about producing and directing fitness. I mean, I wanted to be Scorsese or Spielberg. Right. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know, if, if this was going to be a very different product. So for those who don't know what P90X is, at the time, it was a, you, you bought the DVDs um, on it, through an infomercial you'd see on TV, and it sold hundreds of millions of dollars. It really struck a note. And the thing that the CEO said to me when he said, you know, Mason, would you like to direct it was this is extreme home workout. Nobody's done that before. And so I took that opportunity. I was like, oh, he's saying it's completely different. Great. Because I want to do everything differently too. And what I did at the time was just deconstruct this idea of a, a workout video needs to be only instructional um, they, everything was kind of pastel. Everything was very well rehearsed. And I said, let's turn that on its head. Let's, uh, I had a, a, the, the head trainer, Tony, uh, was a bit of a ham. And so I used, certainly took all of his energy and performance skills, but I helped construct entertainment. I, we made it surprising. We made it fun. It was completely different in that there was no breaks. Um, they used to rehearse and take these breaks or they didn't rehearse, but they would take breaks and then reshoot them in blocks. And I said, we're not going to take any breaks. And all the producers from Beachbody looked at me like I was crazy and kind of were double checking with CEO. Like he, he can't do that. That's not how we do it. And, and I said, this is supposed to be extreme. If you're asking somebody at home to do 40 pushups and, you know, in 50 minutes. That's a lot. I want to tell the story of watching them struggle, fail, maybe not make it. it. The It will heighten the experience and the entertainment. And I had a lot of cameras and I broke the third wall and I used um, real people and created story lines in between so that Tony could interact with people. And it And it was only 13 hours of content but people would use that for years. And now fast forward to today, it's very different. It's become micro production. Everybody does their own or lots of people do their own production. But the, the rules and the lessons that I've over these 20 years have gone back and said, why did that work? How do I keep on adapting, modifying, moving forward is the same, which is content is at its core entertainment. So if you're a trainer listening to this or a company and you're moving online or you already have content, the first thing I want you to think about is it's not about the workout. It's not about how many reps you're doing or how perfect that is. It's about keeping people's attention. And there's a whole bag of uh, tools and skills that are learnable and teachable so that you can learn how to do that better. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's funny because I think as an instructor, as a trainer, when you're thinking about putting together, say, an, a, a, a video that you want to share with on your platform or with your clients, and you're so focused on what's in that video, the content of the video in terms of what you want them to, to, to learn in the video or, or to do it from the video. Um, and that's kind of the 100% of the focus. But what you're saying is actually let's in order for them to actually get the benefit of the workout or the movement, they need to actually pay attention to it, which means that we have to put a little bit more into it 
um, and, and, and add to that and be aware and conscious of that, um, in order for them to even watch, want to watch the video and then maybe want to watch it more than once. <laughs> well, the, the competition is so fierce. I mean, there's tons of free content out there. So you have to have great production value overall. So that means it's got to look and sound great. You got to show up. You, you've, you've got to know first and foremost your craft. So in, in this case, Pilates, but you are not teaching anybody the hundred you know, every, anybody who's done Pilates understands that. So I'll throw this out there. I would say, put it on its head, call it, you know, call it the 99 and have a story, <laughs> call it the 101 and have a story, you know, call it the, like change it up. Just the fact that you giggled at that means that there's something there. So, cause then somebody's going to pay attention because I'll say to trainers, a push up is a push up. You're not teaching me how to do a pushup at this point. You know, for the, it's like buckling your seatbelt on an airplane. Sure, there's a couple of people that have not been on an airplane, maybe on that flight, but they've still learned how to buckle a seatbelt because they've been in a car. Um, so when I go to do a pushup, like you, you know, you've you've done it in school. You've done. How do you how do you make this interesting for me to keep showing up? And there's there's a lot of ways to do that. The, the first one is bringing your talent, your, your personality to the table. And a lot of people are uncomfortable doing that. That takes, you, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. It takes courage. Um, Saren, you, you have uh, a lovely accent. So I will encourage trainers who have learned how to cover accents. I like, bring that back. If you're from the <laughs> South, if you're from... If you're from Canada, if you're from uh, a European, wh- wherever it is, or even if it's just local vernacular, things that you'd use on the block, it makes it more interesting right away. And that's just the small way of of bringing a little bit of entertainment because it's different. And that's what you need to do is we, we all want to get exercise in, but we but it's boring. I mean, it really is. Mo- most people do not. I don't love exercising. I like playing a sport because that's fun because I'm engaging with people, but often I don't have time to go to the park, make plans with people, et cetera. And so you got to go to your gym or in your own space. And if it's something that you are looking forward to, and that's the job of the trainer is to get me interested, to have me looking forward to the next workout, because there's a story, there's a personality, there is fun that I'm having when I'm there, then you win. Then you're, then you're off to the races and people start coming back and they go, yeah, I don't want that, that junk free content. I'm willing to pay for this. And they don't know it's entertainment, but in its core, that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's one of, you know, we, we, you mentioned the free content a couple of times, and I, I'd love to sort of dive into how you see the the amount of content that's out there because you know perhaps you know we we know that video is really important in today's world with how much are uh, all you know the marketing digital media platforms are all focused or video focused and and often short videos you know it's it's not about necessarily long video, long form content. It's also about short form content from a marketing perspective. And then when you're creating your, your, um, your classes, your on-demand sessions, 
they're often shorter as well. And, 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 they, and, and I encourage most people to have a combination of long form and short form and, and guiding people towards which those things. But we know that video is really important and it's here to stay, that that's, it's not going away. And so being able to be in front of the camera is really, really important. And I think often we kind of talk ourselves out of it because we sort of see there's so much out there already. So how do is how do we how do we sort of what's what's the best way to see the industry right now and where the opportunities exist for being on video? Uh, there's always an opportunity for something that's good. I mean, there's you know, quality is will always win out, and consistency is also important. I think the the most challenging part is most people are just uncomfortable in front of the camera. It is a skill set. It's not natural to stare at a camera and feel like there's a relationship there. It's not. I, I'm, I'm not looking at you. I'm actually looking into the lens right now. And that takes training because I know that your audience and you are getting a better read if you're seeing my eyes. That's just something you, you learn and you understand. Well, a ton of trainers will talk to a whole group of people because they come from group fitness. And so they get on camera and they say, hey, what's up, everybody? All right, guys, let's do. Well, that's a subtle change is that when you are on camera, you're talking to one person. So if you want to talk to your larger audience, the way to reach them is by talking to one person. And that's That's a a a bit of a brain scramble, but it really resonates it's a very simple change. Really, all you have to do is eliminate the words everybody and guys, which right. almost every trainer says on camera. But that that right there starts to separate you on a professional level. Eye contact with the lens, putting a, a little arrow to the lens and getting used to the idea of talking to one person. I'll give um, a, a tip for anybody who's interested in how to start to feel more comfortable on camera is really thinking about one person, somebody who you had a connection with in ultimately, probably in your practice were not that you just influenced, but they really influenced you. So somebody whose life was changed, but through that process, it it really helped you recognize your value, your worth. And if you put that person on the other side of the lens, and that's the person you talk to, you'll be less self-conscious about your hair, your words, your movement, because you're focused on really what your job is, is helping one person. When you're, when you're doing a one-on-one session, you're not thinking about how do you look? How are you acting? Your manner is like, you're not, you're, you're worried about that person and giving them the best hour session they can get. And that's how you translate that same feeling of wanting to help on camera is by putting one person there that you are thinking about while you are instructing. And it makes a huge difference. So that, so circle back to your, your question, that those couple hints, skills right there, separate you greatly from the masses of free content and that free, and people won't even think about it. They'll just like you more. They'll go, oh, I want to show up for Mason's workout. I, I like him they're not going to break it down and say, oh, because he's only talking to me. Ultimately, there's a lot more involved, your personality, whether you're self-deprecating or you're telling bigger stories that really are 
taking you through your workouts. You're not thinking, oh my gosh, how much more time? How many more sets? There's a storyline in there too that makes me feel like, oh, this time is passing quickly. So would you say that for those folks who are nervous to be in front of the camera or find it very uncomfortable that the more that you do it, that feeling dissipates? Or is that something that you just always have to deal with? What, what's your experience having worked with so many trainers? Uh, I've been doing it forever and I still get nervous. I got a little nervous before, you know, we got on uh, this call today. That said, I do my homework. Um, I go over my notes. I make sure that I, I understand who the audience is. I don't just wing it. And so preparation is huge, but then it is practice. You have to just keep getting on the horse um, and you won't be perfect all the time, but that's where you really learn and excel in it. And uh, that's when things really change. The, the courage to make a mistake, to get out there and put yourself out there and keep moving forward despite the obstacles is where greatness is found. And I've, and I've found this again and again with my trainers. And often there is, um, being honest, there are tears when I work with somebody and it's not because I'm being super tough. I'm asking them to be vulnerable and put themselves out there. And that's when the tears come. And that's when these huge breakthroughs come. And, and there is usually an enormous shift in the trainer's career at that point. And that's very exciting. So if you're nervous, if you feel very emotional about stuff, know that you're on the right track and keep pushing through that. Don't back away from it. Yeah. Um, so tell us what, what, what sort of preparation or what goes into preparing for a shoot? How, if, if, if there are some trainers out there, some teachers, some instructors out there who are wanting to put together some videos to share with their clients, maybe that's via their on-demand platform or for a program they're putting together. What's the, what are the sort of, can you give us some tips as to how to best prepare and how to set up that production for a you know very professional video? Sure. Well, on the production side of things, uh, from a strictly technical standpoint, it's pretty easy. Um, lights, camera, and audio. So th those three things are what you have to do well, and it's not complicated today. Um, my 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 iPhone is more powerful than the first camera I owned in production. I mean, it's truly an incredible piece of equipment. If you have, uh, I would say, if you can invest in one of the latest iPhones, put it in 4K mode, and then invest in a wireless microphone. Um, the phone's the most expensive part of the whole uh, deal. And the wireless microphone, you want to have your audio source. You know, we're, we're both using professional microphones. It sounds night and day compared to somebody who's talking through their computer. So if you're listening to other, if you want to become a professional in production, just start listening and paying attention. So um, Saren does a great job on her podcast. It sounds very professional. It looks very professional. There's plenty of podcasts out there that you can just hear and see that they're putting very little effort into making it pro. So these little Bits of effort make a big difference. The last one is lighting. You don't need expensive lights. Just um, the, the easiest way is, so I've got two windows behind me. And if I was shooting a video 
and I didn't have the lights that I have set up here, I would turn around, open those windows and have the camera facing me. So the natural light would hit me. And, and that'll, and you just, you just look at yourself. Like that's the other thing is you do a test first. So it's trial and error, uh, looking at some other videos and saying, that looks great. Why does it look great? And then, uh, this is a little, this is probably like a 2.0 version about production in terms of preparing, but is learning how to play with your camera. So most people will just stand way back because they've been taught you need to be head to toe all the time. And this is true to a point, but even if it's just you with your camera on a tripod, going up to the camera so that you have a close up when you're just talking and then backing off so that somebody can see you standing full frame, that adds production value. And it makes a big difference because you're now playing with the camera. You don't need a camera operator moving in and out. And that'll, um, that preparation, setting all that up, and then rehearsing a little bit will make a huge difference from the masses of other people who just wing it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great help there. I mean, really great tips. And I, you know, you mentioned sort of um, coming up to the camera and, and, you know, speaking to the camera and so on, you know, um, and earlier on, you talked about the storytelling as a part of the the content and how engaging that is and that how that maintains the attention of the viewer. Tell us a little bit more about what you've done in the past to sort of map out those that those content, the videos you've put together that to sort of perhaps inspire some of the listeners that might sort of perhaps need a bit more insight as to what that looks like. So I'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm gonna do it with you, which okay. I didn't, <laughs> didn't prep you for. But so this so storytelling is kind of like what I consider at this point, the ultimate level of a true professional on camera. Most people don't do it because nobody's told them this is important to do. Um, one of the best examples I can give that will now everybody will get it is if you watch a cooking show, the Food Network, how many, how many cooking shows could there possibly be? Well, you could watch one about like how many different breakfasts are there? They might be doing a Sunday morning brunch and they're doing potatoes and eggs and pancakes and bacon and whatever it is. We don't need instruction on how to make those. What becomes compelling and why you would watch that show is because they're telling stories while they're doing it. There might be stories between the chefs cooking, or it might be somebody who's telling a story about their great aunt Millie who used to go out in the backyard and pull this perfect piece, a sprig of, you know, their favorite herb, and then they would crumble it into the eggs and, oh, I can smell it right now. And that's, you're smiling. And so the fact that you're smiling, I know, right, this is, this is the magic that's missing in fitness today is trainers having the courage to learn how to tell part of their stories but you still have to do the workout. The workout and the structure of that is you can't abandon it, but there is tons of time to weave in little story points. For instance, in the opening, uh, in most people, but almost every workout, there is some version of a warm up. Well, if I'm doing, let's just say, you know, 20 squats to warm up or marching in place or whatever it is, you 
there's very little for a trainer to do at this point. We, we understand marching in place. If you talk to me about engaging my core and making sure my knees this height, da, 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 I am bored immediately. I know how to march in place and I'm watching you do it. So I would rather hear something interesting about the trainer's day or perspective on life or what, something crazy that their child did that I already know the, the child's name, um, a mix up in their coffee order, a whatever it is. Humans communicate with stories. 65% of our communication throughout the day is through storytelling. And that is a really great note to go, right, if I really want to communicate and move people emotionally and share, con- I need to be able to learn how to do that through stories. So as I said, Saran, I'm going to ask you to share something with us. And this is this is one of the most challenging things I'm going to ask, and not that this would be what you always do, but uh, take a moment and think about one of the mo- most challenging moments in your life where everything changed for you. You had a real like breakthrough, awakening, um, whatever that whatever that might be. I'll let you interpret it and just share a little of that with us. <laughs> about a minute's worth. Oh gosh, that's a that is a hard question. Okay, so I will. I'll tell you a moment that really stood out for me that I think I had a bit of a, a huge sort of shift was I um, I used to do half Ironman triathlons. I had done, and I was doing that actually at the same time that I was becoming a Pilates teacher, and so that was a very physically demanding time in my life. <laughs> and um, I was I had showed up for this race that I had put. I mean hours and hours and hours of training into. I was not a natural cyclist or swimmer. So I had put a lot of effort into training for this race. Um, and the swim, which is 1.2 miles was in an open, was off the beach in Rhode Island. Um, I'd got up there, you know, when you, when you're training for these races that are, you know, all day long, you have, there's a lot of preparation. So you've got all of your gear, you've got everything you want to, you know, you've got to take care of your nutrition. You've got to take care of your sleep, all of that. And I did all of that and I was feeling good. And then we got to the beach to start the race at, I don't know, it would have been early. It would have been like a 6am or something. It was very early. And, you know, the sun was coming up, it was getting light. And as the sun came up and it was getting light, I could see that the ocean was not calm (laughs) at all. And, um, I was kind of getting nervous that it was going to be not a good swim for me and not perhaps I would, I was, I was scared. Honestly, I was, I was very scared. And so as I was standing there, I was thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do here? Am I going to quit the race completely? Am I, am I going to just push through and what am I going to do? And in that moment, the race organizers said to me, came on the loudspeaker and they said, look, this is much rougher than we had anticipated. If you want to skip the swim, you can go and stand over there by those cones. If you don't want to skip the swim, then, you know, you're welcome. Carry on, go ahead. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to skip the swim. So I just stood there for a second. I was just talking to my boyfriend at the time, now husband. And I was like, I think I'm going to, and he was like, do whatever you feel comfortable with. All is good. And as I stood there and I looked over, I saw no one else was heading towards those cones. (laughs) No one else was going to skip the swim. And I was like, and I looked around and there was people of all ages from, you know, 25 up to, you know, 75, not, you know, that's, and not a single other person was going to stick the swim. And I was like, you know what, actually 
I've done the training. I'm fit. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I can do this swim. And that's what I need to do. And I, and, and I kind of just had a, it was sort of a trust in yourself moment of like, I've put the effort in. This is not about my physical ability. I'm totally physically able to do this. It was all in my head. Um, and I went ahead and I swam and I, I mean, I did not have a terrible time. I had a pretty good time on the swim. I had a pretty good time on the bike. I had a great run and I finished, you know, exactly where I wanted to finish. But I could have given all that up if I had sort of not pushed through and like challenge, you know, taken a minute to say, actually. How did that change your life? Um, I, you know, you have these moments, right, where you then trust in yourself. And every time you have those moments where you trust in yourself, that's then propels you to then trust in yourself more to do other things and bigger things. And you lean on those moments, right? A hundred percent. And as an instructor, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you see how you could share parts of that story and then use it as inspiration for clients, especially if you're not in person with them? Oh, a hundred percent. And in fact, you know, it's, it's one of those, the mindset part of fitness, movement, wellness is such a massive part of, you know, how committed you are to your goals and your, and, 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 and doing the thing. And I think that, yes, it you know, for me, and I, I talk a lot about mindset with all of my studio owners from a business perspective as well, because it all comes down to, you know, I would say like, what's the story you're telling yourself about this in your head at that moment, I was telling myself that I couldn't do it, even though I was totally capable of doing it. Right. Um, cause the conditions weren't perfect. It meant I couldn't do it. No, I can still do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I would take that story and work with you and, and, and pull out the most dramatic parts of it and say, as you're going through your series of moves in your, in your workout with on camera, I had a dream last night about this moment, or I want to share, um, a story about a time in my life where I was really, there was a lot of self-doubt, even though I had done all this work and you, you build the story. Cause there was a, there was a couple moments in your story where I really was like, oh my God, what did she do? What happened? Did, you know, did, was, did somebody drown? Was it too, did she quit? Did, so there's this hand and I could be working out and really not worried about my workout because I'm on the hook and listening to your story. And in the end, the idea that the the dark, turbulent water that represent, represents everything that's scary in life, that's unknown, was something that I decided to just dive into and trust in my ability. And, that's, and that is as simple as showing up every day and going for it and going for your goals. So there's a nice way to weave in, like you're saying, mindset with our personal stories that pack a much bigger punch. And makes people feel like I got something out of this today that's much more than just physical. And, and as, as any personal trainer knows, I'm sure you have done tons of this in your practice, that when you're training one-on-one, you are as much a therapist and a friend as you are somebody who's coaching somebody through moves to burn calories. Like, People pay a hundred or two hundred dollars or whatever the cost is for one-on-one time, much more than for the physicalness. They are paying for that me time for somebody to listen, for somebody to coach, for somebody to be there for me. And so you can do that on camera as well. Uh, 
But because you can't ask questions and listen, you have to share in a way that gives the same kind of cathartic response to, oh, right, I've been afraid to to dive into that murky water that was less than perfect. And Saren just reminded me that I am good enough, smart enough, brave enough, strong enough to do it. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. That was, no, that was, uh, that was powerful. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Well, I have, like, we could keep going. And so I would, and this has been a really wonderful conversation. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this incredible insight with us. Um, so thank you. Um, and why don't you tell us a little bit about how folks can connect with you and the work that you're doing um, and where they might be able to find you online? Sure. My company is Megamace, M-E-G-A-M-A-C-E dot com. So you just go to my website and connect with me there. Um, if I can help you, I would love to. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes. And I'll pop everything in um, in the show notes as well. So um, you can always click in there and find all of those links there as well. So thank you again, Mason, for joining us. Thank you. Um, I hope this is super helpful to you as you go ahead and build your boutique fitness business. So I always know that I'm here to help answer your questions when you need them. So be, um, let me know in, you can contact me via Instagram in the DMs. Um, I'm always there and available to, uh, to give you some comments, feedback, insights, and so on. Um, and I'll be back next week with more business building tips and insights. Have a great rest of your week. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.